0: Good morning and welcome back to the Flow Track podcast. My name is Lincoln Shrike. He is Kevin Sully. It is Tuesday, October 27th. For those of you watching at home, on the screen, you can tell I'm wearing way too small of a Spider-Man shirt. It is my son's fifth birthday and I thought I would honor him by wearing the Spider-Man shirt. And then it is probably going to be either put in the trash or donated because this shirt is way too small. And uh, on the pre-show here, I've been compared to Hulk, uh been said i'm wearing a medium shirt all the jokes have been made i'm sure you'll find a way kevin though to make some more jokes as we go along here if i
1: knew everybody was watching and not everybody is listening then i would do it more but i feel like we'd exclude the audio only folks so i'm not gonna say too much more other than the fact that you saw that video recently of the rock and you said i want to do that
0: (laughs) that's what i want that's exact i i he must this is how he must feel uh when he wears like an XL and I'm just wearing mm-hmm. a small. I'm hoping this isn't like a kid small, I think it's an adult small, but in any case, it is not the correct size um I like the shirt, I think I might wear the shirt. I feel like it's kind of like Gordon I mean Gordon has a bunch of like kid related maybe not kid related but like Marvel type shirts. And they, you know, they fit Mm -hmm. him maybe in 2008 and not as much anymore, but he still rocks him and I admire him for that. I have kind of stopped doing that other than this one last shirt I have of of Spider-Man that, you know, fit way, fit a long time ago. It's interesting. I have a
1: a son that's your age too. And I never thought that me wearing an excessively small shirt would be part of something he would want for my birthday. But every kid is different. So happy fifth there to Knox. Also, before we get going, I wanted to clean up one item. Gordon mentioned the last time he and I were on the pod on Friday that he thought South Dakota State was suspending track and cross country. Not true. We heard from South Dakota State. (laughs) Uh, Got an email from them. They are alive and well. Apologies oh. to them. So Gordon wow. maybe should be a little more cautious before he's like the following programs have been cut, or maybe possibly, I don't know. So <laughs> South Dakota State. Isn't isn't our own Alex Lore a South Dakota State alum? I yes. believe he is. So I, I Probably believe we would have known with him about first.
0: That. Yeah, we yeah, should we sure should have maybe checked with him first. You know, these days it – Feels like you could throw out almost any mid mid level mid major program and say, ah, they're on the chopping block, and you you've got about a I don't know a ten percent chance of being right. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that's what he was shooting for there. I know Gordon's really enjoyed putting on his reporter's cap these last few months um, because he just texts coaches in his free mm-hmm. time, which I mean, you know, good on him. But that's not something I choose to do spend choose to spend my time on, but. So maybe he just got a little he got a little into himself a little cocky there and thought he would go for a woge bomb and it didn't it, it backfired so too bad
1: turns out you gotta be right that's the problem with those you things you've got to be right gotta be right, you right. You, Your hitting percentage has to be uh close to 100. another thing speaking of co- um reaching out to coaches we're getting a lot of emails people asking about d2 and d3 is it going to okay. happen this year and to what extent So I think you, being the D2, D3 guy, do need to put your shirt in the laundry, run it in the dryer a couple times, make sure it's even smaller, get on your (laughs) phone, call your contacts to figure out everything we need to know about D2 and D3, because we're a podcast that responds to the people out there and they want some D2, D3 knowledge.
0: Yeah. Um, I know. It's been quiet in the the D2 and D3 forests uh, for these last few months. I know that D1 has managed to have a few meets. I assume that there's some small competitions going. I don't know if they're sponsored. I don't know if it, you know, the Oklahoma State level on D two is happening. I mean, I I know the NCAA shut down basically everybody, and the, you know, clearly their football is not anywhere near the the level of the FBS or whatever you know whatever it's called. I, I forget. So there's there's not the incentive there for D one to have its sports. So I think it's kind of been a ghost town. Um, I know on our site, we're gonna have a conference meet at some point. Let me let me look when that is, the old Gulf South. Yes, that's mm-hmm. coming up this weekend. So there is some action What division is that? On. Huh?
1: What division is oh. that? Just for those of us who aren't- Oh, yes. Sorry, that's and D2, D2 and D3. We're not all experts.
0: <laughs> that's D2. Yep, okay. that's D2. It includes Lee, out of Tennessee, they've had some. They've mm-hmm. they've had some people. Uh, I can I can look a little bit further as we go along. Um, we got Huntsville yeah, in that one as well too, right? That's division two, um, and I think the meet is in Birmingham if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we've got University of Alabama in Huntsville, uh, Delta State, Lee University of Monta, Va- what is it? Valo, Vayo, shorter university. I mean. You know, just your just your Gulf South schools in Division Two. Who yep, could forget? Yep. Uh, uh, so, anyways, that'll be on Flow Track this weekend. Uh, get excited, everyone! Mm-hmm. That's going to be on Halloween. So, if you're into spooky cross country, if you've been missing it, I don't think they're going to be running in mm-hmm. costumes, but at least there'll be some D two cross country for those of you missing it at home.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and if anybody has any other. More detailed questions, remember the email address, FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com. Specifically about D2, D3, or shirt sizing, Lincoln can respond mm-hmm. um,
0: to you. On I, the don't, I don't know if I'm qualified anymore to talk about you. I think uh, my credibility is lost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> never. Never. Your credibility was gained. Never. The bold action yeah. that you took to put on that shirt. You made a decision when you put on that shirt, Lincoln. You said, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna choose to show my biceps and part of my lower shoulder today, and I, I commend that.
0: Yep. I uh, I even set this shirt out last night. I knew I was gonna be wearing it. I was I was amped. I was ready to go for for today's show. Um, yesterday, quite hilariously, you know, when news breaks, when Gordon and I are doing a podcast, you know, things are gonna get fun. But Gordon was on his was doing a diatribe of some variety of who knows what, and I clicked on Twitter and saw the Talfik McLoofy news. Um, A bag containing various paraphernalia, although has not been indicated whether or not there were actual performance enhancing drugs in the bag. But in any case, a bag belonging, supposedly belonging to Taufik McLufie found in a training center in France with needles and, like I said, various paraphernalia. Uh, is clearly not a a good look for the former Olympic champion and a guy who, I don't know, how do you, how would you go about this? Would do you say there's been questions about him in the past? Because you could say that about almost anyone, right? The suspicion is higher about McLaughlin just in the way he arrived at the Olympic Games in 2012, right. kind of out of nowhere, and and really dominated that final. And in the years since, although he's consistently been good at the championships, and ten, typically we say, oh, consistency is is a positive thing, is a good thing when when it's regard to, regarding to suspicion because it shows. I don't know, that you weren't just a one-hit wonder that was pumping yourself full of full of uh, performance-dancing drugs. However, this is a long sentence here. Stick with me. However, he, he tends to only show up basically for the championship. So the suspicion has been there. Um, it would seem higher than it is for most athletes. So with all that said, what was your reaction to the McLuffy news yesterday?
1: I am cautious with these things because yeah. they've happened – numerous times. And we've even had situations where suspensions have been announced. Pretty recently, we've had a situation that ended up with a guy knocking on a door next to a gas canister. So I don't want right. to get too far ahead. I know that there's no. an incentive to to be the first person. And you guys were probably literally the first people because you were refreshing Twitter that day to say what it means. Uh, now that we've had a little bit of time, I think a couple things are clear. And, and this is where people get ahead of themselves a little bit. It's not going to impact any medals, even if there was drugs found no. in these possession, because this this is not a positive test from 2012 or 2016 or major championship. For that to happen, they would need to retest an old sample and yeah. and find something. It may not even impact him going forward, because if it and is, they have as they're reporting. Yeah. They're I was ahead. just going to
0: say. I mean, they have retested because of Russia's chicanery. The London sample has been retested. I mean, I so I don't – for what that's worth.
1: Right. But six, 16, 17, 18, 19 on, yeah, right? Yeah. There's still obviously a, a chance for that because we saw him last year at the World Championships as well too. And it may not even impact anything in terms of a suspension right now because as you mentioned before, there's no evidence right now that the actual PEDs are in there. All it does is add more suspicion to what most people – already regarded as a suspicious guy. So from that perspective, I think you just wait and you see maybe more information will, will come about. But as you described before, trying to kind of pinpoint, well, why does he get so much scrutiny? There's been other people who have showed up a bit out of nowhere and, and, and succeeded, but a lot of those people have gotten popped. I'm thinking of in that 2012 Olympics, of course, of the, Turkish women and you're like wait a minute i've never heard of these people and then now they're (laughs) like crushing it with with sub 4500 meter uh performances and closing really hard the difference with mcluffy with the people who don't get scrutiny is the scrutiny the attention seemed to bubble up enough to a point where media members journalists and athletes felt comfortable speaking about it for whatever reason and maybe it's the connection to who his coach was, uh, or maybe yep. it was just all the circumstances combined. But there's a difference between rumors and rumbling that never really makes it out of like the dark corners of the track internet or people telling you things on the side that don't get backed up to where people are saying things. Not, they're still not saying it out now. They're not saying he is he is doping. What they're saying is, man, that was pretty suspect performance or that was suspicious or that'll raise a lot of eyebrows and it's, it's reached that level with him and it had been there for a while, which is different, which is different than a lot of other, a lot of other athletes, but I just don't know what it, what it changes in terms of concrete proof. I mean, you remember there was a big drug bust in Spain not too long ago with several high profile athletes that hasn't led to much in the way of charges that I'm aware of. Yeah. Right.
0: Right, and this seems much less significant and the burden of proof much, much higher when you're talking about actual performance enhancing drugs were found in that situation. We don't know if if they they were here. Um, yeah, I'm trying to like find the word. It's, it's always difficult because you, it feels like a lot of times the, the, the suspicion has a layer of xenophobia associated with it that you that's quite disgusting so it's trying to look at one person and look at them objectively while also Mm. noting that you could say by some people's analysis of them could be clouded by the fact that well they don't run at the pre-classic every year they don't run you know it's, Mm. it's, it's 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 I, it's tough in track and field right you want to be equal you want to look at an american athlete the same way you look at an algerian the same way you look at a, as a south african and and a lot of times on on twitter that's not the that's not the way it goes now in this case obviously if any athlete you found a bag of needles that suppo- supposedly belongs to an athlete it doesn't matter who they are they're mm. they're going to be criticized and obviously with him the the murmurs were there in in 2012 i i do want to say you look through his tills to page i mean he was around in 2010 around in 2011 he wasn't anywhere next to that level in 2012. yeah but this isn't like the turkish women situation like like you cited all of this may be a moot point however if there was a bag of injectables of which they can prove that there were performance enhancing drugs going into his body now your what you said was we is correct we're a long way from mac Luffy not being able to compete and we're certainly galaxies away from any thought that he could have metals removed i i i, I think we know yeah. that that's that that really only happens when your sample comes back from a from a specific event does does that actually tend right. to tend to happen um yeah uh you know he has his his reputation if it wasn't already pretty shaky has taken a massive blow and there's a good chance though that that's the worst thing that happens to him here because i don't know the structure of the jurisdiction here like does world athletics open their own investigation do they allow the french authority because the french authorities seemingly what i mean they're 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 operating a criminal investigation which would, is different than what World Athletics would be doing, correct? I mean, there's just a lot of right, complicating right. factors yeah. here yeah. that yeah. I don't know if the main focus is going to be keeping Taufik McLuffy off the track. I I, I I think the burden of proof is going to be incredibly high if he doesn't test positive that he's taking drugs. I just think that's going to be incredibly high. I know I brought up a ton of points there, but I, it's just all the thoughts kind of floating around my head associated with this. Um, the way we react to these cases and, and ultimately what comes of them when you see it because you think, oh, we caught them in their hand in the cookie jar it's over. That's not the way it works out normally. I'll
1: take all your points one by one. Um, yeah actually one through 20, one through 27. I'll count <laughs> down 27 to one. I think you're right about the jurisdictions being all mixed up and complicated and hard to sort out. He's an Algerian guy who is training in France. The governing body, World Athletics, is based in Monaco and operates all around the world. And there's different competitions everywhere. And it just gets very convoluted. I'm I'm guessing AIU will open an investigation into this. But again, it's not against the rules to just have syringes as far as I know. Right? Right. Uh, There needs to be actual PEDs in there. So – Again, you can see the path to where this really doesn't change anything. It just adds another layer of suspicion. To your point before about um, would we be saying this at about an American athlete? And I think the one thing to remember here is just context because we just know more about American athletes. So if someone has a big breakthrough or a big jump up, you could say, ah, well, they did that because X, Y, and Z happened. They changed coaches. They switched events. They finally yeah. got in a good opportunity to, to run. We don't often always see that with other athletes because we are just not covering them. They they don't have as much attention on them. Now, again, I'm not saying this yeah. is specific about McCluffy. I'm just talking about in general. Also, with American athletes, just the reasons for why they would – compete where they would compete are much more linear. Hey, we're going to expect to see them here, 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 and here. And then they'll end up here. International athletes, you don't always know that. Some of them only compete for a long time in their home country. And then they go to a, a diamond league competition. Some of them compete everywhere, all across the globe. And some of them have more reserved schedules. And we don't really know what's going on in their home country or about their coaching situation or their health. Again, it's it's just lacking that context. So sometimes these out of nowhere performances seem more out of nowhere because we yeah. are not on their beat all the time, like we are yeah. with American athletes. It's, Again, this is not to, this is not to say that McAlufi's performance wasn't stunning and shocking, but I think it does. You get this whole like mysterious person vibe with them when you could probably say the same thing about some American athletes who burst on the scene. If you were a foreign track and field fan, if you were in this other country, it's like, well, wait, wait where did this person come from? They were just in college and now all of a sudden they're winning a, a championship or a dime league. That's crazy. One other point and what doesn't help. And I saw this in an article that was brought up. It's just this, the, people feel the need to just kind of throw everything when one thing is enough. And one of the things McCliffy was criticized for in 2012, I don't know if you remember this was he ran the first heat of the 800 yeah. and then, and then yes. had to, and then drop out. yeah Yeah. almost got dq'd okay the reason he almost got dq'd was because there's a stupid rule this is an idiotic rule that should be not even used really in high school or college but i get it because it's an honest effort rule because you don't want to impact field size and you don't want to impact team scoring but at the olympics you should be able to pick and choose and drop out of events whenever you want it does not make any sense to hold a person responsible for competing all the way through the rounds. So what happened was he ran a round in the 800, but decided not to run the next round of the 800. Why? Because he didn't want to get tired before the 1500 meter final. So instead they made him come up with this bogus medical excuse about how he was sick before, which it was bogus, but the rule is bogus too. So it added this extra layer in 2012 of people being, oh, this guy is suspect and shady and what's the federation doing? You could make that argument, but it should be completely separate from the eight hundred, fifteen hundred, honest effort debacle that went on, I'm sure I'm yeah. not alone in thinking that that rule is completely idiotic and should be scrapped. But I, I need
0: to mention uh, it. Yeah, and I, I remember that as as well. And it, it came up for me. It came up after he won the fifteen hundred. It like became like a mini controversy. It was controversy B after controversy A was who is Tafik McLuffy, What what business does he mm-hmm. have dominating the Olympic final? Uh, I remember seeing highlights because the that eight hundred heat was during the day. I Remember seeing highlights of him like peeling jogged off it, the right? track or whatever. Huh? He dropped out, yeah. I was just say he jogged, yeah,
1: yeah. but but he he actually dropped out, right?
0: Yeah, I believe so. I believe that's what what happened. But yeah, that so that I guess that serves to the larger point of there are some unfair criticisms that I think are would not be if if we saw him more frequently, if we heard from him uh more often and, and if he got the same level of coverage as Americans, I think there are some unfair things um that are waged against Mackluffy that shouldn't necessarily be put against him simply on the fact that he's Algerian and and, you know, he doesn't compete as much as some people want him to. But if you look back throughout the years he he was competing. He competed at a diamond league in in two thousand eight and finished a place, or excuse me, in two thousand ten and finished a place behind Bernard Lagat. So there mm-hmm. there there are some performances that, that give him a consistent track record. That is separate though from from this. Anyone with the, the, the with the bag of needles is is or excuse me syringes is, is is not a good look. But like you said, there needs to be proof that there was performance enhancing drugs in there for him to to be suspended. And it. Yeah. without i think news without news coming out that that that's the case then all this is is just a pr crisis for McLuffie. well McLuffie has mm. weathered pr crises before crises before so if yeah, there's no yeah. drugs i think he's in south africa saying that's okay you'll see me in tokyo in 2021 i'll i'll be there and you won't see me probably before then but uh, at least on the international stage because I, I i don't you feel like if i mean if there was epo in there if there was steroids in there don't they would have that would have made its way into the news media right i mean that that's the where i kind of sit
1: yeah but you don't know what else is coming or you know how they got this information from whom mm-hmm. and maybe that person who was able to discover it discovered other things as well i don't think the story is over by any means and i'm approaching this just from a purely is he going to be running and what's it mean to his previous accomplishments perspective? That's where I'm sitting at it from because it is obviously there's suspicion, but there was already suspicion. And I'm sure people are shaking their heads saying, Whoa, come on, you gotta kick him out, you gotta get rid of him. But it, we can't really walk down. I don't think you can build a sport and an anti-doping policy around that. I mean, I'm assuming he's been tested as as frequently as 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 possible. Um, and it, there needs to be rules and we need to follow it. Are people going to get through the cracks? Yeah, obviously. But the flip side of that is a very dangerous precedent that we set up where anybody under suspicion, like you can't have a, you can't have a, a professional sport where anybody under suspicion is going to be, going to be booted. Like that just, it's, it's a non, non non-tenable, non-functioning, um, entity at that point where people get suspicious, I think from 2011 to 2012, you know, drops, two and a half seconds in the eight hundred, drops four seconds in the fifteen hundred, and then they're like, okay, wow, it came out of nowhere. Again, other people have made those drops, but we just, you know, we didn't have the context of of what McCluffy was doing. And then obviously he doesn't help himself in the future when he goes dark for months at a time and then just shows up. And you and I were in Doha. Uh like we weren't the only ones who had these concerns or these questions, right? When he fin- when he showed up in Doha, weren't there a lot of people from all over the world in that media area asking, "Where are you?" That wasn't just a Lincoln strike screaming a question no. from the back of the room because he's had 12 coffees. Like like Will yeah, Farrell yeah. and kicking and screaming and he's just like, ah, "What do you say to the kids?" Like it, it, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't that like people were trying to get answers from him and he was was he evasive was he i I don't know the best way to describe it because i wasn't doing the interview i just watched it afterwards he didn't speak he didn't english is not his it's not even his second language right he speaks french but yeah didn't you get a translator did you request a translator for that one i think you requested a translator for that one
0: i no. uh maybe that was kajelka i i don't it's tough to remember um he was pleasantly evasive. He he definitely okay. was I mean, he, who he was happy to Matata. A he did yeah. say Hakuna Matata, which broke the ice and definitely uh disarmed a lot of us steely veteran journalists. Um he uh Answer the yeah, question yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: into my mic.
0: Yeah, he uh I mean he was in a good mood after that, and obviously he's not that wasn't necessarily going to just give a full spiel on Jama Aiden and their relationship in the past and what, you know, where he's been and uh, why he just pops up and how he does so well. He, you know, whether it was English as a, not as a first or second language issue or or not, you know, he doesn't have to necessarily answer those questions. He only has to answer to world athletics and this may be the time where he really has to finally, you know, answer some serious questions. I, I think though, I, I'm going to, you know, if a, if a case is brought against him, I'll be curious to see what his, well, what is appeal, it, evidence, his appeal right? if, what, what's his excuse oh. and what's, I mean, if, if, you know, you have to, you do have to believe that he was dumb enough or, or bold enough to leave a bag of needles if we think it's belongs to him in his locker or around this place in, in France. I which, don't know people that's, do dumb stuff all the time yeah people do dumb stuff i know that that that's that's one thing and then two I, I i don't know i mean you can't completely discount the possibility that someone's tried to set him up i mean maybe not but w- i want to know what were there any drugs in there what are the documents belonging to him is it is it a starbucks gift card with his name on it or is it his passport like what is it there's a lot more to come out on this I like conspiracy
1: Lincoln here about someone set him up. The fact that someone would care enough to to set up Dafoe McLoofy is pretty interesting. Well, I, mean, I mean, how many people know it, who he is? How many people know who he is? I mean, you could well, you you gonna, could probably maybe he
0: maybe he he's been hogging the treadmills at the training center. I don't know. And somebody got mad. I look look. A uh, bag full of syringes. Amazing. Who keeps a bag full? How many syringes do you need? people do dumb stuff
1: all the time uh who are committing crimes and oftentimes the defense is there's no way they could be that dumb and oftentimes like no they were they slipped up they made a mistake i'm again i'm not saying it it what it indicates but occam's razor here
0: would, yes would
1: would point in one direction again my 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 thinking is <laughs> What really matters is not the court of public opinion, because in in many ways, he's already been tried in the court of a public opinion. What matters matters now is the actual court or the AIU. Is there anything Mm -hmm. here that they can work with in order to suspend him? And from what I've read so far, the answer is no. But just Mm – again like you and gordon were talking about smoke and fire and gordon did a really great breakdown of how much smoke leads to fire and what fire does and he sets fire to the rain and he watches it burn and it was incredible it does it it does not it does in terms of whether or not he's allowed to run or not it doesn't matter and people are going to roll their eyes but people have been rolling their eyes for the last couple of years
0: yeah
1: so what's the difference
0: yeah. um i uh I was playing devil's advocate here, to, to some extent. Well, there, but here, obviously.
1: Here's the thing though. Yeah. Here's the thing though. Let's just, let's just put this in the perspective of you. If someone found a, a bag in a locker room with your passport in it mm-hmm. and the shirt that you're currently wearing, I would go out on a limb and say, there's no way Lincoln would have that shirt because <laughs> that's way too small. But uh. today, you proved me completely wrong because you did it so we don't know That's what i'm saying just, there's a lot of uh mystery here mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm yeah um yeah on a serious note this confirms what a lot of people thought i think of m- doesn't confirm but it it some people are obviously have their beliefs confirmed when they heard this news about mac luffy so it did you know some people have already labeled him a doper even before there was any shred of evidence that he was could have been involved in some malfeasance. Now they have it, and they'll say that. But that is different than him uh, being actually, you know, suspended and convicted doping cheat. Well, Long way to go. It feels like there.
1: Right. Yeah. You have the 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 progression. You have the infrequent competition, and then you have the association with the coach. There's three yeah. things, and then now you have the the syringes. Okay, but you have four pieces of evidence. That point in a direction, but there's not one among those that by itself leads to a suspension or certainty. You have mm-hmm. four four things you could introduce to make a a circumstantial case, but if you're trying to get him suspended, you'd rather tr- you trade all that for just one guarantee. But I, someone yeah. would say, "Hey, in today's current climate, you're never going to get that one because smart people are always going to be." Figuring out a way to to stay ahead of this stuff, so you have to push it uh, under that, um, like through that method, through that realm.
0: Yeah. But anyway, we shall see. That that was a lightning bolt of, of news in a in a desert of mm. uh, <laughs> track and field things. We did have a <clears throat> another uh, bit of news yesterday, and it really seemed. Uh, uh, not not fitting. Fitting's not the right word. But I've been watching the Oscar Pistorius documentary, which is six hours long, four parts, six hours long. I've been watching the Oscar Pistorius documentary, and so uh, hearing about Blake Leaper's ruling felt appropriate, just simply because they 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 covered Oscar Pistorius's Kaz case in in that documentary, and. Pistorius's ruling was cited in Leaper's case. However, the results is mm-hmm. completely different. Pistorius won his case way back in 2008, I believe. And yesterday, Blake Leaper once again has his appeal has been denied. He is the American 400 meter runner. Last year, he made the uh, U.S. final. Um, he has been running on blades, if you will, that World Athletics say are too long for someone of his height. And Kaz agreed with them, and he will not be allowed to compete in the able-bodied competitions with the with the current uh, prosthetics that he uses. Uh, Kevin, we we got to see him front and center last year in in Des Moines, and there was seemed like there was going to be some chance he made the team. He ended up getting <clears throat> fifth, but he certainly would have been in the relay pool. But of course, he was denied um, the permission. I guess. It, to compete in in Doha, but another setback from him, and really the case is, he says, you know, I've been on these prosthetics for too long, or for for my entire career, I'm not going to change. And World Athletics says they're they're simply too long. Their argument was, they're for they're the length of them is for, is for someone with a torso that would be equivalent to a six foot eight person. He's five. He's mm-hmm. uh, has a torso the size of five foot nine back and forth with his lawyers and and whatnot. Um, But again, ultimately, Kaz denied it, and we won't see Blake Lieber in an able-bodied competition anytime soon.
1: Yeah, and I wonder how much more back and forth they'll be from the legal perspective. I'm surprised it took this long. I'm guessing they would have gone faster if he had made the team. Or Mm -hmm. they had – I I guess you're right. He could have gone on the – Relay pool, but you know, if he had finished, if he had beaten LeSean Merritt, or sorry, beaten LeSean Merritt, beaten M- Michael Norman and Fred Curley, maybe there would have been a a quicker decision. But you're right, out of nowhere after those opening rounds, it was a real possibility, and yeah. everybody was scrambling to kind of to figure out the situation and and what the rule would be. I thought it was interesting that they did that comparison of a six eight person versus a a five nine person, and yeah. that's the line that's the line that they're drawing. So, I mean, could they now just come up with a rule and say, all right, you're allowed to compete in the able body competition if your blades are X percent of your total height and then create a range? Because yeah. I feel like, and I don't this is a different situation than Semenya. So I, I want to make that clear right now. I'm not saying that they're the exact same thing or even close to the same thing, but I do want to bring up this idea of setting a marker, creating precedent and then having to go back on it later. Right. So for the DSD athletes, we've talked about it. It's 400 to a mile where they're banned. But you and I, and a lot of smart people, I mean, you and I aren't the smart people. You and I, plus a lot of other smart people, um, in contrast to us, have said, well, what's going to happen when there's somebody in the 200 uh, who's DSD or somebody in the steeple who's DSD? Well, they'll probably move it. So I'm just, I'm interested if they do come out with a hard and fast rule, are they going to eventually have to, to go back on it is it possible to do that because it seems like they are hesitant to outright ban it and say no if you have prosthesis you compete in the paralympics and that's mm-hmm. where you can you can compete on the international level if your national governing body wants to let you compete that's fine they can let you compete but um we want to make sure that, that 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 it stays in the in the paralympic um competition they're not doing that, right? They're yeah. not doing that. They're 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 making the argument that's just that's very narrow. That's saying in this specific case, the blades are not fair, and yeah. I I wonder if that's if that's sustainable. Yeah,
0: this is such an interesting thing because it is so counterintuitive. It feels like in a vacuum, you you look at it and you say someone without legs is it advantaged against people with legs. Um, a a couple of interesting things I want to point out, uh, when Pistorius won his case, a lot of world athletics argument against him was obviously there was scientific physical physics things associated with it. But a lot of it was, um, he gets faster over the second half than he runs the first half. Well, that was a losing (laughs) argument. So they've really... Focused here with Leaper on the length of his blades, which are in fact longer than Pistorius, much longer than Pistorius is. And in fact, I believe Pistorius has said in the past. Obviously, other events transpire with him, um, but has said in the past that he did not think that uh, Leaper's prosthetics were fair. So that's that's an interesting factor. <clears throat> um, another interesting thing, and in what was was brought up by his defense team. And I should say, his defense team, headed by the same lawyer who brought Leaper's, or excuse me, Pistorius's case, and the same lawyer who brought Semenya's case, <clears throat> so they really obviously went for the the A squad here with somebody who's familiar, uh, you know, appealing to Kaz. His his defense team argued that their studies showing that specific body types and what a, what a one torso length should mean for the length of legs. It did not include any uh, African athletes or any any black athletes, which was a significant part of his case. Mm-hmm. Now, Caz obviously didn't go with that, but it is an interesting factor. And in fact, they went in so far as to to claim discrimination because their study, World Athletics study, did not include any um, African athletes, and they you know they were citing that their. <clears throat> There's indications physiologically where there could be differences, and that could prove that he's not um, getting this unfair advantage with these these longer legs than what were approved with Pistorius. So that that's an interesting angle. I, I'm going to be interested to read kind of the the full report here. Um, but it's not on on itself. It comes off as wait, Pistorius was allowed to compete. Why is Leaper? Well, there there are significant differences with the length of of his. Um, blades compared to pistorius Mm -hmm. like i said and uh it's it's been interesting because track and field feels like this this sport that we like to pride ourselves on inclusion and although this isn't going to get a massive amount of attention worldwide the biggest thing track and field is kind of whether you believe this is right or not there's they may be a more gateskeeping than than perhaps any other sport. When you talk about getting Semenya out, fighting against athletes, you know that are disabled. Regardless of if it's right that leaper be allowed to compete against able-bodied athletes, it's it's interesting that they are so focused on not having someone like him um, on an international stage. You feel like it could be, and maybe it's unfair. And I know there's been a lot of discussion about that. But they are so focused on not having him here. It, it seems like it's, um, they're losing something by, by not allowing him to compete.
1: I see it a little differently. I see track as being at the front lines of every single issue that affects sport in the world. And part of that's because it spans the entire world. It's an individual sport. So that way you can quantify performances much easier and its disciplines involve athletes of all different body types and that's why you see things like dsd athletes you see the issues that we're talking about with athletes with prosthetic limbs issues around doping right like track takes on all this stuff even issues like we were talking about last week that are of a lighter nature talking about pacing and shoes and all this other stuff it all funnels into track and you could say, man, it just gives them a you know negative, you know, no win situation after no win situation. But I think what we're gonna see is in the next 10 to 20 years, a lot of other sports are gonna be grappling with these issues and track has just been the first one that's done it and done it publicly. Mm-hmm. And maybe people will look at track and say, hey, track did it completely wrong, we're gonna avoid that. Or maybe people are gonna use track as a as a blueprint Moving forward, but you just don't see these same issues of inclusion come up as frequently in other sports. They do to a little bit, but not to the amount that, that, that track and field does. And I think that's one thing I like admire about track or at least can empathize with, with track is just like, it's, it's everybody. And that's why Mm -hmm. we probably like track in the beginning with it. It's everybody. And that means it's everybody in trying to figure out how to make everybody happy and try to make, figure out how to, how to make sure that there's a level playing field for, for the greatest amount of people involved. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't necessarily associate that. Yeah. There's a chance, you know, there may be a double, double, double amputee that one day wants to, I don't know. Play, play in the NBA I mean that, that obviously right. would be yeah. different blades I mean and, and that that's much different moving laterally is is would be, be a challenge but you're right you're right track is at the forefront is running so pure and and it, it, obviously with these with the technology it's accessible for uh amputees but I mean, just like a um, doping
1: right just like a doping how many sports actually want to get rid of doping honestly and put in a robust plan for doping? mean it's certainly not a lot of the team sports major team sports in the United States you can mm-hmm. say okay it's the you know the Olympic sports are really leading the way well how many Olympic sports have the challenges that track has in terms of the amount of athletes and mm. the geographical diversity from the out yeah, yeah this is not this is not swimming where it's a it's a few countries that dominate but that there's entire huge swaths of the population that don't participate. Everybody has a track and field athlete. Every single country has at least one track and field athlete, and many of them have elite track and field athletes. So I just think track is, is because it's, it's a victim of its own success and its own popularity in, in many ways that it has to deal with the issues of the world because it is a sport of the world. Man, mm-hmm. Sebko should use that as his World Athletics tagline. I think I feel like I just did like a commercial there of the world or something. Yeah. put the, put the theme song well, behind it. Maybe. Earth
0: sports. <laughs>
1: I mean, I mean it yeah, in a complimentary way, but it's also, mm-hmm. it's also the, you could also track that back to where all the, where all the problems were. Like, yeah. think of it this way. Think about how many people, don't even think about it from an athlete perspective. Think about it from like a bureaucratic perspective. Think about how many governing bodies there are in the world with all these different countries and how many entities and agencies there are. And we hear a lot about people who do bad things in those positions, but just the sheer number of them tells us that, yeah, you're going to find some bad apples out there who are covering up doping positives, taking bribes, screwing around uh, with the money, what have you. In other sports, there's just not that level of, of participation to where it brings in that amount of people. So it's just, it's 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 something that's just like always going to be with the sport, and in 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 most cases, it almost serves as a, as an anchor.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep. And you know, in other sports, the you know, in all the markets in the NBA, the the uh, teams are given equal access to facilities and and all that, and that's yeah. not this. It's not the same, and, and for the most part, we're dealing with similarly rich. Athletes, and that's that's not the case here. And the, the the GMS are paid on a close to equal, you know, playing field, and that's that's not going to be the same across different continents in track and field. It's just so the 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 incentives are there to to have some uh, some bad apples, if you will. But yeah, this is uh, I don't know how we got down got down this path, but um, Blake Leeper is going to. I suppose continue to fight this and is really you know he has shown in the past he's ref- does not want to try to change the length of his um mm. prosthetics which I think is interesting and, and it does say and he said in the past it's I've been running on these forever I, I shouldn't have to do that and I'd have to basically relearn how to run um is is that really what he's I mean he's 31 now is that is that is he really going to miss his chance to ever ever compete in in like an olympic game. maybe you know an olympics is a stretch but you know a, a, a international meeting simply because he doesn't want to change the length of his of his blades we'll we'll see uh because oscar Pistorius figured it out and it feels like well blake why don't you just do that i know it's more complicated well, than that but it, it was a it little inter- if
1: i'm remembering it i if i'm remembering this correctly it was a little bit different for Pistorius, and i remember talking to someone who was pretty high up and knowledgeable about the world of track and field. I think the thought process there was, Hey, this is a good story. Now this is early on with Pistorius. Obviously this is a good story. Let's let's let this guy run. And I don't think they ever thought he was going to be as fast as he did as he got to be. And then once he got that fast, then it was like, Oh man, now we have an issue on our hands because this isn't just a feel good story. This is someone who's going to impact the competition. What do we do?
0: Well, and to be clear though, I mean, he was initially denied from competing and then he brought, he won his Kaz case and whatever it was, 2008. And so, and it's not like there wasn't resistance against him back in the day too. Um,
1: but there were just, not, you didn't have like, you, you didn't have like Meats banning him and things like that, like you did with sure. with Semenya, I think, because they thought it was going to, they thought it was going to be a innocent story. But yeah. then, and what did he make? Semis was as far as he got in in London. London. And I think, yeah. yeah, And I think people were, people were fine with that, but imagine what would have happened if he would have made the final and been able to contend for a medal. I don't think that they were, they were, I don't think they thought it all through. They thought short term from a a public relations perspective. And so since they had that experience, I think that definitely impacted how they were going to deal with Lieber.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's just, it's, it's interesting. And, um, you feel bad for him on one level, but um, I think he's the writing's been on the wall with you know his refusal to change his his prosthetics length. I I think that we always knew that this was going to going to be the outcome. I, uh, you know, this kind of was a blip on the radar yesterday. This just popped up. Uh, there there seems to be really nowhere for to turn for him to compete other than to. Change the length of his of his prosthetics, and it doesn't seem like that's happening anytime soon. A nice guy, very jovial in the in the mix zone, and and uh, you know it would be cool to to see him out there. But um, a long way to go until something like that happens. It seems like after yesterday's ruling. Really. Hmm. Yeah,
1: a lot of heavy yep. news on today's show.
0: Yeah, and a Spider Man shirt. All right, uh, oh, way too small <laughs> Spider Man shirt. Um. Okay. That'll do it for us. For Kevin, I'm Lincoln. You can email the show flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We will see you back here tomorrow.